Hey, hey, welcome to the Lifestyle Creation Podcast, designing life on your terms. I'm your host, Jamie Thurber, and I'm an expert operations manager, productivity queen, mindset, business, and lifestyle coach. Basically, getting shit done is my jam. And I believe in the power of intentional living and in real conversations that can shift your perspective, create habits, and ultimately achieve the freedom that you want in every area of your life. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day wherever you are. Today, I'm going to talk about conversation and a topic that's been requested a lot of times. And for some reason, I guess I've like semi-avoided it because I don't want to turn anyone off. Um, And I do, as I've told you guys before, I think that every conversation that we listen to that's constructive or like the ones that I try to have, you know, every episode be like, there's always something to take away from that. Whether you're in that current situation or not, there's always something to take away from it. And so I wanted to just preface that and and just request that you stick with me and listen to the episode because I think that, you know, what I'm about to share is a bit unique as far as the way that I handle things in this particular situation. And it's something that uh, took me a lot of years to totally cultivate and figure out. And so that was how to deal with a breakup. And what I find to be interesting about this conversation is, is that it's, it's, of course, I'm going to talk specifically about um, like romantic relationships, but I think that you have to recognize that each one of these, these tools can be used in each, any breakups, right? Like friendship breakups, things like that, business breakups, like every bit of those things, like we're kidding ourselves if we don't admit that there's similarities in any type of relationship ending that is meaningful to us at all. And so I think that's a huge concept and it's super important that we recognize that. I think that in my life, I've experienced this with friends, with my old boss specifically with different things like that, right? And so I think what we have to figure out over the year, what I've figured out over the years through my own experiences, through therapy, through working with countless number of coaches, and then just also being really realistic about who the fuck I am and my own experience as far as like the part that I play and what I want to take away from something. It's kind of morphed into this ability to handle things a little bit differently when they're tough as far as especially like heartbreak and things that are you know hurt your feelings and things ending stuff like that so one thing that I'd like to just explain is that for many years of my life I didn't let myself fully feel the feelings I will walk you a bit down memory lane and explain to you the destructive behavior that I used to use from like a 16-year-old girl until like my mid-20s maybe, something like that, or early 20s, I don't know, anyways. And that's that I'd always have be like on to the next thing very quickly 
and wonder why relationships would blow up in my face. And a lot of the times, you know, there are various reasons in different relationships, but a lot of the times it would be because I wasn't done with the other one, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't healed. It hadn't passed. Like there was never space between. And I think a lot of people do this, um, especially when they're younger and we don't really know what else, like I didn't know I was doing anything that could have, you know, potentially not be helping me. I'm a girlfriend girl, like a hundred percent a relationship girl for sure. I've always been a big believer in following my gut and following my instincts. And so I would give, I mean, I give people a fucking chance in places that I probably shouldn't have, or I wouldn't even say shouldn't have, but like places that look a little crazy to everyone else. I've always, you know, kind of had a little bit of that in me, but I know that early in life in the dating world for me, I almost have a new relationship lined up before the old one would be completely over. And I'd give the old one like every fucking last option or or chance to work, right? Like I would know for a fact. And it was like a weird little tick that I had to like, I guess, give myself permission to be done or like not feel bad. Is it, It's like I could say, well, you did everything possible and it didn't work. And so like the confidence that I did everything and it really wasn't the right relationship or wasn't going to work or whatever, then I would have that to like plant my flag into. It was some weird little security thing I developed. And I think a lot of people um, do the same thing. But in those cases, I mean, that doesn't make for a good new situation, right? Until I was in my early 20s, like super early 20s. And I was in one of the most abusive relationships I've ever been in. And so the truth is, is I've, I'm looking back, um, I've been in a lot of not super healthy relationships where I've been treated not, not well. And I've not been perfect by any means, but I've been in relationships that I now know um, were traumatizing and that I've had to work on and deal with, you know, 20 years later, some instances, which I'll share in a minute just some examples, because I think it's really important that we recognize that that does not make us crazy, okay? That does not make us bad or wrong or anything. I think that it's important that we realize that there are pieces of things that we learn or pieces of things that we think didn't, you know, maybe necessarily get us so deeply and they did and they get rooted and they stay there. And that's, that's a, you know, a real thing and it's a big deal. And so, yeah, it's just something to recognize and again and to know that that doesn't mean that you're crazy or emotional or wrong or whatever. It's just that even things that, you know, were seemingly not a huge deal, like sometimes they really are a huge deal when it comes to how they impact our development or ourselves or the way that we then behave and things like that. They, they kind of sneak up on us. So yeah, back to the, like probably one of my most abusive relationships where like there was physical abuse eventually like that's kind of how it goes right anybody who's been in an abusive relationship knows like it doesn't always start out that way right it just starts out with like a little when my situation it was like verbal and then it was a little manipulative and then it was a little uh controlling until it was way controlling and way manipulative and way verbal and then you know hands-on And it's so funny how interesting it becomes where you're like, but he didn't hit me. And it's like, yeah, but he pushed you or shook you or, you know, whatever until he does hit you. Like that's kind of just 
the way it goes. And I'm saying he because that's my experience, but trust me, I've worked with plenty of men who have had women that are the same way. So I know that it's not just, you know, I'm not trying to be like gender biased by any means. I'm just telling my own experience. Side note, if you have not watched the show Made on Netflix, I highly suggest it because that is an extremely real example of the tie and the patterns and it's amazing like it was a very very triggering show to watch but I was happy to watch it Um, and I think that I wish that the world would watch it and especially men would watch it and understand that like that is really what happens because a lot of dudes like try to bury their heads in the sand and pretend like it's not really happening around them like I remember at one point I had to have a conversation with Tony um, because I would like say something about it Um, Because part of my personal healing process, and I think for a lot of people, is the fact that I don't hide this part of my life. Like, it's not a taboo thing, right? Like, it fucking happened to me. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to reference that or talk about it or own the fact that that happened, right? And so I remember, though, and and anyone who's listening now that I know has been in an abusive relationship, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to be like, yep, that happens. Especially men that we are either friends with or dating later on when we say something about that person or about the way they treated you, the the abuser, that people would always say, I I can't, I don't, I can't hear it. Like, stop. I, I just can't hear it. It makes me so mad. And I'm like, what I didn't realize for so many years was how much that was suppressing the problem inside of me, right? And so the deal was just again this is super side note I'm going off on a tangent but it's super important so stick with me here and I'll get back to breakups in a minute but in that I realized that every time that you tell someone who's been in an abusive situation oh I don't want to hear it It makes me upset like please stop that is literally taking away the reality that they're like it's making it, it makes them feel like that didn't happen or like they're they can't talk about it right like oh I'm so sorry that my fucking reality what I lived makes you uncomfortable how dare you it's a very disrespectful thing to do to someone who's been through something hard especially if it's someone that you care about I understand that it's hard to listen to I fucking lived it right and so it's just like I remember saying that to Tony once I was like every time you say that you're literally taking something away from the experience that I had as if I needed to like be shamed for it or I need to not talk about it because it makes someone else uncomfortable. Well, I'm very aware of the fact that it makes everyone else uncomfortable and it fucking should. It should make people uncomfortable, but they should also not turn their faces to it and pretend like that's not happening everywhere across the world because it is, right? It's a real thing. So FYI, if someone that you know has been in an abusive relationship or a traumatizing situation, please do not devalue their their experience by saying things like that because it is horrible and I'll tell you what as soon as he recognized that he doesn't do that anymore and he very much was like holy shit I I can't like that makes a lot of sense and I'm really sorry like that was not what I was trying to do but it is people want to bury their heads in the sand and avoid looking at what the world really is in some cases right so I digress. So back to breakups. So leaving that relationship, it was a hard situation because if again, like it's a toxic love, but it's a good love. Like it's a it's an all-encompassing love, right? And and you feel almost like the most passionate, intense love you've ever experienced in your life a lot of times from your abusers. And so when you leave, a lot of times it's not just a one-time thing. You know, you go back and till eventually you don't. 
when I finally left, I didn't go running to anyone else. I found myself in a situation where I did like have a little thing with somebody right as that happened. And basically it, it teetered off on purpose because, or like very intentionally because like I was broken. And so I know that during that healing process, I learned and recognized a lot of the things I had done wrong in the past, allowing myself to heal from a breakup and since have like almost mastered it. Hopefully I don't have to deal with that anymore. That would be great. But I'm also really fucking good at dealing with breakups. So here we are. (laughs) One of the things was just to let myself be sad and to let myself be be broken. And so I remember I had to move back in with my parents. Like this is how, like, it was so bad. All my shit I had to put in my grandma's basement. Thank God for that. And then I was back in my bedroom in my parents' house, right? My high school childhood bedroom. And my dad worked nights and he would be, I think at the time he I don't know if he was retired or not, but anyway, every morning I would wake up and go to work. And that was one of the biggest things that kept me going is I would go to work and I'd focus on work, right? I'd focus on what I needed to do there. I would, I almost overdid it as far as that part went, but it was like the one thing that got me up because I needed to obviously make dollars and pay my bills. And so that's what I did. Like that was like a, a driving force. But every morning I got up and I listened to the same fucking song while I was getting ready for work, the same song own repeat and it was the um just a little bit stronger by sarah evans and that was just like the song that just made me feel okay sometimes i would cry the entire drive to work sometimes i would cry the whole time i was getting ready but i just let myself have my feelings and be that big of a a mess right because that's okay and i promise you that because i let myself feel and be a bit of a mess during that time But I was searching for a way to be better and get through it, not like bury it. And because of that, I I think that's part of the reason why I've been able to deal with or heal from an abusive relationship long before I even had a therapist, right? It was because I let myself feel it like I had no choice. I very much was gut-led in that experience. And so what's cool is eventually... I didn't need to listen to that song anymore. Eventually, I wasn't sad anymore. And I think that's where we get caught up when it comes with dealing with a breakup is that we want to blame someone else. We want to do things that are destructive. We want to crawl into somebody else's arms. We want to start a relationship with someone else. Those are all very quick fixes that tend to lead to bigger problems later. One thing I also learned is no relationship is ever going to work well if you're starting in that place, if you're starting broken. Like you need to start whole if you don't want to have to bleed your own shit all over someone else and vice versa, right? Like it's not fair to go into a relationship with someone and you may very much so care about them, but then you're bleeding your own wounds on them. Like that's not fair, nor does that make for a constructive and healthy relationship between you and this new person. So you have to be very mindful of the fact of that. Like that's where, you know, it's really annoying because I'll tell you what, a lot of my friends these days have them talk to me and they'll have like this whole other set of friends in their lives that are basically telling them, you need to date, you need to get out there, you need to date, you need to get out there, you need to date. Why aren't you dating? Let's meet, let me meet, you know, hook you up with this other guy. And I'm like, fuck them. Like fuck those people. Because here's the deal. You date when you're freaking good and ready, okay? And until you're good and ready to date, it's going to be a bad situation. 
Like, it's not going to be good. It's going to suck the life out of you. It may take you away from your own healing. It will be codependent. Like, there's a whole laundry list of reasons why everyone else needs to shut up and leave you alone, and you'll date when you want to. So if you don't feel ready, then don't push it. Like, having somebody in your life, on your phone, in your bed is not the solution to the problem. Like, you have to be more aware than that. And so... I would say, gosh, I don't even really know how long it was, but eventually I quit listening to that song every day and I started feeling better and I started laughing again and feeling good again. And I got into a different relationship with somebody that I had known since we were in high school. Um, We like had, you know, huge crushes on each other in high school or whatever. And then like never really dated. Um, It just never was good timing. And so we dated as adults which was awesome, actually. The relationship was great. He had his own issues. I had my own issues. I feel like we communicated them really well. When he would do something that felt, that would trigger me, I would tell him. And he was, he loved me so much that he like understood and it was good, right? Now, unfortunately, that relationship didn't, like it had to end because of other issues, um, like addiction and things on his end that I had to, I couldn't fix, like I tried, right? And that was up to him at that point. And so I had to remove myself from the situation. Again, though, same situation, right? Like really heartbreaking. So, but in all these different heartbreak situations, the one thing that I noticed that was the most lucrative for me to do was to let myself be sad, to let myself have the feelings, but then also to go back and stand on my own two feet and be myself again. Like not lean on that guy, not find someone else immediately, like any of those things, but I had to let myself feel my feelings. And if that meant that I went and, you know, partied like a crazy lady, then that's what I did. And some of those cases too, but most of it during my days, during the day when I needed to be up and doing life and doing things, I did. Even if it felt like the biggest struggle possible, I moved forward because time, my friends, time will be the best friend you've ever fucking had when it comes to healing and dealing with things like this and getting past them. Time is the is the thing that seems like it's dragging and it seems miserable and horrible through the whole situation. But like time will always heal if you let it. Hiding from things doesn't heal. A big piece too, I think, is recognizing I would allow myself to see the part that I played. And I remember in my younger years, I would blame myself for that. And I would feel horrible, like I did something wrong and or I was the one to blame. And like I would kind of walk around with that guilt, which, you know, showed up in a lot of other unhealthy fashions. I finally got to a place where I just apologized to anybody I felt like I needed to apologize to and was very much like, I'm sorry that I did this or I did that or I made you feel this way or whatever it was. And I hope you can accept my apology. Like that was something that I did, shit, probably four years ago, five years ago, maybe and even a little bit more. A couple years ago when I got back from Iowa, if any of that stuff was bothering me, I was like, no, I have to release this. Like I have to let this go. And not everyone did I call up and say, I'm sorry. But the ones that I wanted to or felt like I needed to, I did. Because this is a one, it's just a one person job, y'all. Like You only get closure because you let yourself fucking get closure. It has nothing to do with the other person. You only have forgiveness because you choose to forgive. It has nothing to do with the other person. You don't have to say a word to them to get closure or to be better or to heal or to forgive. Like none of those things 
Number one, none of those things can be forced because that's not the point. You do it when you feel good and ready to fucking do it. Sometimes you have to do it multiple times. But it also is not a two-person job. It is a one-person job. And when everything went down in Iowa, which was like pretty catastrophic to be very honest, it was horrible. Like what happened, the experience when when shit wasn't good anymore, like it was fucking great until it wasn't. And when it was really bad, it was really fucking bad, like extremely harmful. Just very traumatic. And luckily, the universe and God and whomever loves to protect me sent me, re-sent me one of my very good friends into my life um, to help me in a way I didn't even know I needed. He was very much like like a guide for me as a, as a coach, as a friend, as a whatever, um, into learning what I needed to learn from the situation, stepping back, not forcing, not pushing, no, not pushing somebody to say something or making him talk to me. Like I wanted Anthony to talk to me so fucking bad. And I remember Greg saying to me, like, do you, why do you have to talk to him to figure this out? Like, why do you have to speak to him for this and that and the other thing? And what's cool is, is the way that it all played out is before I got in that car and left Iowa, I had come to terms with the fact that, like, I didn't need nor did I want to speak to him ever again. It was actually the best move for me to not talk to him about any of these things and just to let myself have all the feelings. And what's interesting is during that whole process when I came home, so I let myself be fucking mad. That's the other thing. You let yourself be angry. And that's okay too. You let yourself have all of the emotions, even if you feel like a fucking basket case, because that's the other part. I think we don't heal from breakups because we feel like we're not allowed to have the feelings and and do that part, right? Like, but that's a piece of being a human. Like, especially if you really were in it and you loved somebody and you were being a human being in the situation, like you have feelings and they were affected, right? And so it's like you would have to deal with that. And if you did anything wrong, you have to deal with that too. And just, but with yourself and give yourself permission to freaking move forward and not do it again, right? Like learn the lessons you need to learn and not do that thing again. But like when I got back from Iowa, I realized that I never grieved the death of my grandma. Like I remember sitting at my, after I got back from Iowa, dealing with all this stuff, I sat at my kitchen table with my mom and dad because, of course, there I was again back to my parents. Well, I was back at my parents for a few days, actually, like a week. And then I got into my apartment because that's when I could get in. All my stuff just stayed in my U-Haul for a week. Anyways, but I was at my parents' house sitting on the kitchen table sobbing because I realized I had never grieved the death of my grandma. I went full-blown into action mode and started dealing with things and fixing things and working with my dad on the house and all of these types of things. And what also happened during that time when my grandma passed away is I had just left my long-term job, okay? So I realized too at that moment that I hadn't fully accepted the fact that that was like a breakup. It was a breakup from an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship. It really was. That place was my life, right? My boss and I had one of the most complex and incredible relationships you could think of. It was never sexual, it was never like that, but like we fucking loved each other. Like we were family, like he was my person, right? Like I was his person in ways that no one else could really comprehend because not only was it something that we like cared about each other's well-beings, but we also were building this freaking thing together, right? And confidants and like all of this stuff. So the way that it went down was really traumatizing and he he really, 
really fucking hurt me intentionally, very maliciously. And it was hard. But what's funny now is I can sit here at this place. And the reason I'm explaining that sometimes old situations that we didn't fully let ourselves feel show up when another situation happens. And when I sat there and realized all the shit that went down with Anthony in Iowa was happening. And then I had to, I had these other situations pop into my head. That then I was dealing with them too. I was dealing with Tony and all of the trauma and bullshit that he caused me. Like I was dealing with all those things all at the same time because they all surfaced. And I literally was like, guess what? I made a promise to myself in that moment and said, I am not hiding any of these things. I'm dealing with every single fucking one of them right now. And I felt like I was crazy and dying and losing my mind. And it was insane. But guess what? I did that on purpose because I'm no, what I learned and I hope you take away from this is if you don't let yourself feel your feelings and deal with the things and look the shit in the face when it's happening or like when it right after it explodes potentially, you're going to deal with it at some point. And so what I realized was in those moments, I am not fucking doing this again. I will not be dealing with this bullshit five years from now. So every time something that crushes me or has like shattered me or has been traumatizing since then, I'm like calling a coach, calling a therapist. How do I fucking deal with this right now fully? Fully letting myself engulf in it, letting myself recognize what it is, feeling it, blah, 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 all those things because I am not storing that shit inside of me and number one, letting it bleed on anyone else. I'm not letting it manifest into pain because that's what's happened in my body for a long time is pain and illness. I'm not doing that. And I'm not then going to have to get knocked off my chair five years later to feel the feelings about it and learn the things I need to learn. Like screw that shit, right? And so it's definitely interesting how the reason I wanted to like what I talked about with the breakups, right, is that the breakups I've handled differently after the abusive relationship, but the other relationships like leaving my business, my grandma passing away, um, whatever the fuck happened with Tony and I, like it wasn't your typical like a relationship broke up, like it wasn't none of that. It wasn't that thing, and so I realized that I didn't deal with them, and so. I think the biggest thing that you have to allow yourself is give yourself grace and understand it takes time. Secondly, understand that this is not anyone else's battle to go through but you. It's nobody else's battle but yours. Going back to that person and expecting them or asking them to be your shoulder or be your person to listen to or go back and hash things back out and stuff, that's not healthy. It does not let something heal. It, it lets it continue to be um, very much so alive and very much so continuing to like, it's like you're ripping the scab off over and fucking over again. Like why, why do we do that? So you can have a a huge, like a bigger scar, like you're going to have a scar. We don't need to make it bigger and have like, you know, the risk of infection. (laughs) Right. And so I think it's that you have to give yourself grace for the time and also just realize that like shit is messy. Life is messy. Heartbreaks are messy. Relationships can be really messy. And when they end, even if they end in good terms, it can make your heart very sad. It can make you question things. It can make you do all of this different stuff. And so it's like, dude, why would we 
I know why we wouldn't want to do it. That's a dumb thing for me to say. Why would we not want to process it? Well, of course we don't want to process it because it's not pretty. We don't want to look at what someone else did to us. We don't want to look at what we did. We don't want to look at how we allowed or we didn't allow or whatever, right? Like how we stayed too long or, you know, whatever we did. Like we don't want to look at that shit because none of it's pretty. We just want to get past it and not feel that way anymore, right? I don't want to feel this way anymore. And that's, well, that's my literally driving force. When something happens and I feel triggered or emotional or anxious or sad or angry or fearful or anything, any emotions that I don't freaking love, I don't pretend like they don't exist, but it is the driving force that I would say has been present in my life for the last couple of years where I'm like, okay, I don't want to feel that way anymore. So what do I need to do to not feel that way anymore? And when I say that, I mean like, what do I need to adopt as a practice or do differently or communicate differently? Not like, how do I force that away and pretend like it doesn't exist? Because let me tell you, friends, I am ver, ver good at avoiding the feelings. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Very good at avoiding the feelings. I'm like a freaking professional. I did it for many, many years, many, many, many years. And so then what's the next thing, right? Okay, so I'm feeling my feelings. I'm being a mess. I'm letting myself, giving myself grace. I'm taking fucking time, Jamie. I don't understand. What else, like, what am I supposed to do? That's it. Ask questions. Remove the bullshit. Look at the black and white facts of what occurred. And don't hold blame games. That's the other thing. Don't hold a blame game. Well, he did this and she did that and this is a and this is horrible, blah, blah, blah. Let me use my my boss breakup as an example. Shit went down real not cute in that, right? Like really not good. I don't have ill feelings towards him. I may not agree with some of the things that he does in life. I may not agree with some of the things he does in business, but that's his fucking prerogative. I don't have anything to do with it anymore. So why should I be mad about what the hell he's doing or did when it has nothing to do with me? It doesn't. Instead, I actually find it pretty like mesmerizing and I'm going to write a book about it someday for sure. The dynamics of that relationship and the way that we worked is pretty fucking cool, really. It's a little bizarre. It's a little toxic for sure. It's a little like crazy. But the way we worked it was something that to be like anybody who understands human behavior and is curious and like how the dynamics of relationships work, they would be like, holy shit. Like it's very complex, very interesting. We played off each other so well. We built things together really fucking well. It was very interesting. There was a level of commitment there. It was like a marriage for sure. I remember when we were going through our little trial separation, trying to figure out what to do. He was like, I've been seeing a therapist. I haven't seen a therapist since I got divorced. Like fucking Jesus, like this is crazy. And I was dealing with the same shit, you know? So anyway, it was, it was definitely an intense thing. But what I love now is that I can look at that and see all of the good pieces. All of the reasons why I've learned all the things that I learned in business were because of ways that he kind of forced me to, not in a negative way, but he was on a tight budget, we didn't have money to spend. And so he was he would have me do things a very specific way to where I learned how to do them from people without us paying. I now know how to do all these things from taking all of these fucking meetings and doing all of this stuff, right? And so 
there's no reason to be like, oh my God, that asshole, that cheap bastard, that manipulative, because that's not even what it is. It's just the fact is, is here's the end result, right? Here's the end result of someone who's even more resilient, me right here. I'm pointing at myself. You can't see me. That's even more resilient because of it, right? Same thing with Iowa, you guys. I, yes, I sold half of my shit. I packed it my entire life and I moved to be with a man and his child that I planned on being there forever. That was it, right? The soul, the world, the universe freaking aligned. He was it until he wasn't. Am I mad that that happened? Not at all. Anybody who's really close to me, and you guys have even heard me say this a couple of times in our episodes here, it was one of the best fucking thing that's ever happened to me. It broke every social contract I had here in Missouri. Every obligation that was on me about what, what was expected of me by the people that I grew up with and have had in my life forever, it broke all of those agreements so that I could rewrite them. It set me fucking free. It let me breathe for the first time in a long time. And then I found things about myself while I was gone that I probably would have never found if I would have stayed here. I learned things about my gifts and who I am and how I deal with people and all of this stuff that I probably would have never learned if I stayed here. And I'm so fucking grateful. Am I grateful that it went down the way that it did? No, it still makes my heart sad. That's the other thing. Like, It's not like you move on and you have no feelings towards something ending. Like, I loved him. Part of me probably will always love him and his son, right? Like, that's life. Well, that's just how I do life. Like, that's my heart is so enormous. It's not even funny. I'm not mad that I'm went. I'm not mad that it went down the way that it went down. Is it bizarre? Is it fucked up? Is it crazy? Yes. 100%. Was he wrong? Yes. Did he treat me like dirt at the end? Yes. I'm proud of the way I handled it though. I'm proud of the person that I was in those moments. I'm proud of the person I was when I came home. I'm proud of the person that I was dealing with everything, right? But I'm not mad. It was a part of my journey. It was a part of my story and it made me a better person. Phoenix fucking rising for sure. Like the best. It exploded into a million flames right before I left and that was that right like and I came home and I didn't speak to the guy for a year and a half didn't hear one word not one word left not one word you go from sharing every moment of your life with someone to zero words tell me about that being a mind fuck because it is but the same concept I dealt with the fact that this is a one person job to heal from this this is about me and me only what do I need to do to feel better and I let myself feel like crap when I needed to feel like crap I got up and did what I needed to do in order for my business and my life to move forward and me not to lose my job or whatever and it was fucking hard it was hard and like I said it on it unfolded or uncovered a lot of other crap and then I had to deal with a ton of stuff with traumatizing things with Tony that I never wanted to admit that he did and then you know my grandma and all those different things right all things I'm so grateful for I think what we have to recognize is is that we can always find someone to blame we can always blame something for our problems we can always blame something for our fears we can always blame something and it's not taking away from the fact that those things very much may be the culprit right but 
we get to choose whether we allow that stuff to control us anymore or be our reality anymore or do we let it be part of the mosaic that makes us who we are like that's where i'm at like i want it to be part of the mosaic that makes me who the fuck i am and make me stronger and more resilient honestly everything i've been through makes me a better coach makes me a better human makes me a better friend makes me better at my job my life who i am my purpose for being here truth I realized a lot through all of those things. And what's cool is, is I can sit here now at 34 years old and look back through all of my relationships. And there's been a lot of them. And see all of the places where I learned. And they formed me and molded me into things that maybe weren't so great at one point, right? But then I shifted and learned from that part and all of those things. So I think what we have to recognize is though when we don't do what I'm talking about here, it comes back to haunt us. So the very beginning of and I'm going to wrap it up here in a, short, in a minute. This is going longer than I typically like them to. But um, when I mentioned at the very beginning, like some of the things that I recognized from early on in my relationships that impacted me that I didn't know were so deeply rooted. Um, and then they came up later in life, right? And then I was like, fuck, wow, that's crazy. So when I first started dating Tony, I guess it wasn't even when we first started dating. So this was many years ago. For those of you who don't know, Tony and I were together. We broke up, obviously. I went to Iowa. I had a couple of little relationshipy things. We came back. I healed from everything. And then we like revamped and decided to be – And I mean, our relationship now is completely different, completely fucking different than – the first time around. So anyways, when we were dating the first time, we were out to eat or doing something and I apologized for not eating all of my food. And he kind of started recognizing this as a pattern that I would like feel bad and almost have like a little bit of fear when we would go out to dinner and I didn't eat all of my food. I would always apologize. And one time he asked me, what the fuck is that about? Like, you know, I don't care if you don't eat all your food. Why are you saying you're sorry? Like, I don't get it. And at the time, you know, I was going deeper into my own spiritual practices and my own work. And I realized it's like where I started listening to my instincts a little bit differently then. And I realized in the moment when he said that, when, when I was a um, – eight, 17, 18 years old, I was in a relationship with a guy who was a friend of our family. I ran his business. Like I hadn't, we actually met when we were like 13 and had a little, you know, AIM email phone call relationship back in the day. That's what happened, right? You talked to the phone, like your mom and dad would pick you up and drop you off places together and stuff, you know? So that was our little like love affair when we were young. And then we started dating when we were 17, 18 years old, we were together for a while, quite a while. You know, I thought I was going to marry him, of course. I started helping him run his business. Like, we were doing life. I chose my major in college and the college I went to because I needed for small business management so I could run his company, right? He's not a very nice guy. He's just not. I don't know what I was thinking, but anyways, whatever. He was until he wasn't. Again, here we are. Everyone's great until they're not. And then it's like, but a lot of those traits I know that he still possesses, unfortunately, because we're still linked. But we would go out to eat a lot. And 
he would get steaks and different things like that, right? And I would get like a cheeseburger. At the time, I wasn't a big steak eater. I didn't know what I was missing, but I didn't eat a lot of steak. And I would get like a cheeseburger or chicken or something like that. And when I say we go out to eat, I mean, we're talking like O'Charlie's, right? Like we're not going to some like hundreds of dollars worth of shit. But one time we were all out with our friends and I had gotten a cheeseburger and he got some like huge meal, like $100 fucking steak and lobster or some shit. And I got a cheeseburger. I did not eat all of my cheeseburger. I think I ate like half of it or a quarter of it or something. And he fucking flipped out on me, like flipped out on me, lost his shit about my like $12 meal not being completely eaten. He lost his shit on me in front of all of our friends. And I didn't, it's like I blocked that out. It's like until the moment that Tony was said to me, I don't understand what the fuck, like why are you apologizing? This is so weird, like who cares if you didn't eat all your food? Like what the fuck? It was like I blocked that out from happening. And the moment that I realized that it was from all the way back then when he did that, this other guy, I'm not going to say his name because anybody listening probably already knows who I'm talking about that knows me from back then, but, you know, whatever. Who cares? It's a true story. Fuck. <laughs> it's a true story. There's a table full of people there. <laughs> but anyway, it's not about him. None of this is about him. It's about the fact that, like, we don't realize the things that we block out because they're uncomfortable, because they're bad. It's like I blocked that completely out and how mean and horrible that was. And I didn't realize that fucking 15 years later or some shit, 10 years later, it was still happening. I was still like feeling that, the, the effects of that treatment. And that unlocked that moment that I realized that and I let myself be like, holy shit. It unlocked so many things that had molded movements of mine or blocks or walls that I had built over the years of things that I had blocked out, which was like a really heavy hitting situation. So when that stuff happens, you guys, and you feel that or you hear that, like don't brush it away. Recognize like that's real and fuck anyone who tells you you shouldn't be upset about whatever because if it's upsetting you, it's upsetting you. And that's that. Like it's nobody else's responsibility to help you recognize and heal that. But also like there is no rule book that says that that shouldn't have affected me the way that it did because it did. It was traumatizing on several levels. He was an asshole. That is a fact. He continued to be an asshole forever. And here we are, right? Like end of story. But when you, when you notice those things and you recognize those things, honor them. Please honor them. Or you will at some point, <laughs> but they, they like add up. And so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm not sure if this, any of this was helpful. I hope that it was. It's a lot of me dropping knowledge based upon my own fucking fucked up experiences. <laughs> but again, I'm not, it is what it is. You guys, like my story is long and vast and there's a lot of knowledge throughout the things that I've learned about my own experiences and the way that they've molded me into who I am and the lessons I've learned. So I could talk about this kind of shit all freaking day long. So I hope that you took away something productive from that. And if nothing, you got yourself a good story, <laughs> if nothing else. But there's lessons to be learned in everything, I think. And again, just be careful with yourself. Be loving to yourself. 
be nurturing to yourself and know that feelings are feelings. And trust me when I say from the many years of me not allowing myself to feel my feelings is not fucking worth it to not. So let yourself feel your feelings. Experience the way you need to experience. And time will heal if you let it. If you don't keep the destructive behavior up from that and keep like reigniting the fire or whip, ripping off the scab, however you want to put it. Time will heal if you let it. I love you. I feel the need to say that to you. I love you very much. And I thank you for being here. And thank you for putting your light into the world and being the human that you are. As always, anything you need from me, please email me um, or message me on social media. And uh, I'm always more than happy to respond. It takes me a couple of days, maybe a week, but I will get back to you. I appreciate you being here. As always, if you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you think can benefit from it. If you share it on your social media, make sure to tag us in it. I'd love to see those. It makes my heart very happy. And if you have not already left a review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate that. We also do completely fund this podcast in-house. So if you are ever interested, our tip information is below. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, that would be amazing but not expected. So do not feel obligated by any means. You go out into the world and have an amazing rest of your day. And until next time, guys, see ya.